Good morning, everybody. My name is Corey Rose. It's not morning anymore. It's evening. Yeah. Good evening, everybody. My name is Corey Rosen, and you're listening to the Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Mr. Jake Mache. Born and raised in Glenrock, PA, Navy veteran Jake Mache is a CPMA-nominated singer-songwriter with a soulful voice perfectly suited for storytelling. Mache writes in a variety of styles across the spectrum of country music. Jake picked up a guitar at only eight years old and hasn't put it down since. It wasn't long before he began writing songs and playing for anybody who would listen, a hobby that would never grow old. At age 19, he enlisted in the Navy as a hospital horseman, specializing as a surgical tech. Throughout his enlistment, he continued to write and, at the urging of other sailors, self-produced and released his album, Songs That Got Me Here. After five years, he was honorably discharged and began to pursue a music career playing 104 shows his first year and releasing his homecoming album indigo his newest ep valley tapes is a collaborative effort with grammy nominated artist troy angle and highlights his lyrics with a modern take on 80s and 90s country music jake how are you doing today doing great how about you man i'm doing great i'm really excited for this there's a lot to go through here so <laughs> uh you picked up a guitar at eight years old. What was that like? How'd that happen? Where'd the guitar come from? Uh, I was watching Drake and Josh when I was little, and I thought Drake Bell was like the coolest dude ever. And I was like, he's got a red Stratocaster. I'm gonna play guitar like that. So my family went to like the Menchie Music where I was living. They got bought me like a three quarter size Fender Strat, or it was a Squire Strat, but it looked the same. And I was little, I had no idea, but no, it was that's kind of how it all started. So from there, where where'd you go? Did you immediately start writing your own songs, or? Uh, it wasn't long. Um, <laughs> I think the first song I learned was "Wild Thing" by the Trogues. So I knew like G C D, and then I kind of took that and started writing, probably within a couple months. And obviously, though, they were like awful. They were like a song that an eight year old would write. Right, of course. But it was like you know, it just kind of developed, and you know, my style changed throughout the years. But I just always kind of was writing. So when did you start uh, taking it seriously? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I had a buddy named Matt Twaddle. He uh, he had a basement, and we had a band, and he had a basement studio, and that's kind of when we started like doing like little recordings, and it was all analog, so it took forever. And we were like in early high school, so given that age, you know, you you look back on it, it's like that probably wasn't the best project, but it was something that we considered serious at the time. But mm. it wasn't until I started. Like once I got out the Navy that I started thinking like I can actually do this as a career. So why the Navy then? Uh, you know, so I went to Bloomsburg for a semester, but I always had that draw. And some people know what I'm talking about. Some people don't. But like I just had the draw of like, I just feel like I need to enlist. Like I need to do it. I feel like I'm obligated to do it. And, you know, I went in there and I thought I was going to do 20 years. And, you know, you get in there and you know, you kind of romanticize the idea before you do something and you get into it. And I was like, you know, I think I'll be happier outside the Navy. And then once I was getting out, people were asking like, oh, you know, what are you going to do if you're not going to be a search tech? And, you know, the Navy has so much to offer. I was like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to play music. And I don't think anybody took it seriously. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned in the bio that uh, you, at the urging of other people, you started, you know, creating an album. Yeah. What was that like? Um, so one of the things we did was we got we went down to South America. I think it was called Operation Enduring Promise, and I want to say 2019. And the MWR is like 
they're kind of like the Navy or military people that set up like stuff to kind of boost morale. Like when you're on a ship for a while, like everybody kind of gets down. So they set up this thing called Comfort's Got Talent, where it was like every week, it was like a weekly talent show, like elimination style. And I won that. But because I did that, there wasn't much else to do on the ship. So like everybody showed up and people were like, you know, I really like your songs. You know, you, you got them out on anything. And I was like, not really. I just kind of play them. They were like, you should put them out so I could listen. And then other people were like, you know, I want to listen to your stuff. And I'm transferring around PCS in the, a different uh, duty station. But I want to be able to show other people your stuff. So I just kind of bit the bullet and I was like, it's going to be expensive. But I bought some recording equipment, set it up on like a home computer and recorded uh, songs that got me here, which is my first like official on Spotify, like professionally done album. Um, but yeah. And what was the what was the theme of the songs that got you here? So the title track was a song that I wrote just called Songs That Got Me Here. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of about somebody just going through a bunch of old boxes and finding an old mixtape he made. And every song meant like something different. And like kind of gave like a different milestone to the part of his life. And I called it songs that got me here. But as a project, the album was just more of a collection of songs that I had that people liked or songs that I thought that I could record well. Like I was very limited because I'd never recorded before. I just kind of like downloaded Pro Tools and figured it out as I went. So I got my YouTube degree. Right, right. Well, you said you went to school. Did you what did you go to school for? I'm a math major. Math major. Mm-hmm. Did you want to do anything of that or? I feel like data science, I want to do data science. Data science is like my, if I got to pick a regular person job, I got to pick like a real like settled down job. I want to do data science, but I also didn't expect the music to take off the way it has. So in what way is that? Just, you know, we, so when I got out the Navy, we booked a couple, like just dip your foot in the water type shows. Like, am I going to get good reception? Do I actually, is this something I might be able to do? And we did like four or six shows or something like that. Um, at the end of 2020 yeah and then 2021 is when we were like all right i'm all in let's do it let's book shows and ken's here she's a she does all the booking she's my manager and she's also my fiance (laughs) no yeah she's my fiance but she's also my manager and uh she booked me 104 shows and last year and i think this year we're at 97 now yeah pretty good man what's uh one of the venues that you want to get to around here well, it was Double Barrel Roadhouse. Uh, we actually just played that on Saturday, so that was a pretty cool opportunity. Nice. Um, but if I had to pick like one one stage I'd like to play, I'd probably be like the Froggy Free stage at the, at the fair. Really? Okay. I, f- I feel like that'd be a nice, like a cool thing to be able to do. That's awesome, man. I'm not familiar with that stage. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, they do. Uh, they always have like national acts come in for like country music, but they try to have local people come in and open for them. And if I get a shot of doing that, that'd be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. Yeah. So recently you got nominated for a CPMA. Tell me about that. And uh, what do you think you got nominated for? Uh, well, I think a lot of people like my songs, I guess. <laughs> really? Yeah, right. I, honestly, I knew people were saying they were going to like nominate me for stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, I'd really like to get in for like songwriter. Because I didn't think I'd be up to the caliber of like, you know. So I got nominated for best male country artist. Mm. I was like, you know, it's my first year. I don't know if I'm quite that caliber yet. Like, I'd be happy to get like you know, maybe songwriter or, or new artist or something like that. I kind of had my sight set on like the more achievable, I thought, like the smaller, the, the ones with like less people. But the, the easier ones, yeah, quote unquote. Quote unquote, yeah. I, I don't think any of them are easy. No, I don't think any of them. But I, I feel like, 
you know, I was like, you know, I'm a new artist. I feel like I'd probably be better at best new artist. And then the nominations came out and I was up for a uh, best male country artist. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Think cool. a fierce competition there <laughs> yeah. too. I think Cody Tyler and I think Sam Schmidt-Huber might be in that category as well. I know Sam is. I think Cody might be nominated for country band, male mm. country band. Maybe. I know he's nominated for four. Uh, yeah right yeah yeah i think he's like i think he's like the, the most nominated uh at least this year that's insane yeah right he's doing some really cool stuff uh but yeah man so what is it about your songwriting do you think that catches people what what's your style how what's your process like uh man <laughs> i guess i just i just kind of write songs that i feel like are more down to earth like i'm not really I don't think like I write songs that are like up there in the stratosphere. I just kind of write songs about like how I feel and like just more of like, I feel like my songs look a little more inward than they do, uh, you know, how everything's stacking up. Yeah. Yeah. So we have one of your songs, Sticks and Stones. Tell me about that one then. So that was one I wrote. I feel like uh, things have definitely changed since I was born in 97, which is kind of like that awkward year of like you're in between like two big yeah two big moments of like you know i grew up when the internet was coming up but it wasn't like the huge thing it is now and like same with cell phones like i feel like when i was growing up it wasn't like i don't think i got a cell phone until i was like 12 and it was like a t-mobile flip phone yeah or or the uh the slide phones or the keyboards oh man i wanted a sidekick so bad yeah oh man i thought that was it but no like yeah it was like just kind of an awkward thing where it was like you know, the internet didn't quite rule the world yet. Not everybody had cell phones, but I feel like just in that little gap of like the kids growing up now, I feel like they miss out on like a lot of stuff that, you know, I feel like people are kind of buried in the technology now and it's not the same as it was growing up. So Sixth and Stones was something I wrote just about growing up in like a little bit of a different time. Oh, well, with that said, this is Sticks and Stones by Jake Mage. There's a 40-foot cliff down where the river runs just a little bit deeper with nowhere to jump. But if there were some girls around, us boys didn't care. We were evil Knievel buzzing on Daddy's fridge beers. You might get you a few bruises and bumps. There's a story to tell, something you gotta try once. There ain't much to do, man, when you're splitting down. We were fourth generation heritage hard times. Had a little dirt on our hands and calluses on our feet. We would chip all the old blocks for skin off our knees. More than a few hearts and bones. That was back when you grew up grazing sticks and stones. On a 32 dive, coach put me in. I took a head on hit from some out of town kid. I stood up dizzy and a little bit torn, but man, I wore the hell out of the stained uniform. And before the moon could bid us goodbye, we were laughing and hollering on the back porch lights. There ain't much to do, man, when you're splitting down. We were fourth generation heritage hard times. Had a little dirt on our hands and calluses on our feet. We would chip all the old blocks from skin off our knees. Holding a few hearts and bones. That was back when you grew up raising 
sticks and stones. Probably won as many fights as we lost. We stood our ground without a second thought. There ain't much to do, man, when you're splitting dimes. We were four generation heritage hard times. Had a little dirt on our hands and calluses on our feet. We would chip all the old blocks, we'd skin off our knees. Come on, war out with my face and supper. She kept the front door unlocked and that box fan running. Had a couple holes in our clothes and kept our parents restless. What are we gonna do with them kids' breakfast? Breaking more than a few hearts and bones. That was back when you grew up raising sticks and stones. Sticks and stones. And that was Sticks and Stones by Jake Mace. Where was I recorded at? So I recorded with Troy Angle. He's actually, he records at his house. He's out of Glen Rock. He's a, he's a bluegrass guy. That's awesome. And uh, is that, that's, that's an older project of yours or is it a newer one? Nope. That, all, all the songs I sent you today are going to be on a new EP. Let's talk about that. Why? Uh, the new EP is called Valley Tapes. Why is it called Valley Tapes? What's, what's the... So we put a little bit of thought into it and we were just kind of like, we were throwing some names out there and some just stuck out to me about Valley Tapes because I was like, you know, Glen Rock is a valley and, we, you know, I'm from Glen Rock, Troy's from Glen Rock. A lot of the songs are based out of Glen Rock. 95 is about, you know, me and Ken's and we're both from Glen Rock and it was recorded in Glen Rock. So I just kind of felt like Valley Tapes because it was Glen Rock's a valley and I was like, I, I just like how it sounded. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, five songs? And you mentioned that it, you wanted it to take a, mo- a modern take on 90s, 80s, and 90s music. Mm-hmm. Why? I feel like that was just my favorite part of, like, you know, the songwriters back then. I feel like we're just, they, they just kind of wrote a little differently than most of the writers now. Like, you get a lot of generic stuff now where you, I forget, I, I think it might have been like a Grady Smith video or something like that. And he said that uh, a lot of stuff nowadays is like Pinterest country where you're just listing stuff off. <laughs> And I feel like, you know, it's hard to not do that sometimes, but I feel like back in like the 80s and 90s, writers were really writing from like deep, deep down in. And I always try to like find a way to emulate that. I, I don't think I do the best job of it. I, you know, I feel like I try to mix that with some modern stuff, but I do try to like get some real deep stuff in there and, you know, look a little bit inward. I'd agree with you. I think 80s and 90s country is where I really fell in love with the country to begin with. I can't listen to it. To- normal or a modern country anymore <laughs> it definitely sounds a little different definitely sounds a little bit different um so how'd you get in contact with the grammy nominated artist is that just you know a guy or so i had heard about troy and i heard about him you know being a bluegrass guy now grant i didn't know any of this going into that it was it wasn't until i started doing my research i was like you know i think I'll, i know troy's a fiddle player and I kind of want to ask him to like be on my next project and come to find out he does, he's a session player. So he plays, he plays literally everything on that album. 
except the acoustic guitar on sticks and stone I, I take that back we both play acoustic guitar on sticks and stones <laughs> so he plays literally everything and he does backing vocals on the entire ep he produced it he mixed it he did everything but so i just kind of looked in you know i heard about troy i saw a video on facebook of him playing fiddle just did like a jam session with some some of his buddies and i was like yeah i need i need to be able to reach out to him and like ask him to play and then when i did the research and found out he produced and did everything you know i just reached out on facebook let him know like i'm looking to do a project it's gonna be probably three to four songs and then as we're going i started writing more because you know you get in that groove and you're mm -hmm. like okay i know what we can do now but yeah so come to find out he, he was a studio guy in nashville for a good bit of time and he got to play uh he played with eric church he was on tour with eric church and eric oh, yeah. church is like my favorite songwriter i was like dude i didn't know any of this and like I just feel like the more we hang out and the more I talk to him, I just find out all this real cool stuff. And it's just like, it was like, I thought it was like a perfect match, especially for the project with these songs. I think he and I were completely on the same page with stuff. And he's given me his input from all his years of experience. Like, Oh, maybe we go down here, we go up, or I might throw a little, some of this in there and like, dude, go for it. Go for it. Dude, add what you At think you point, need to add. Tell me what to do. I'm listening. I'm all ears. Pretty right? much. Yeah. Like you let me know when you need me to sing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And uh it just it's crazy what you can do if you just ask, right? Yeah. So where do you uh, this is coming out in March, right? Yep, March third, three three. Are you three Are you having a March three three twenty three? Are you having yeah. a, a re release party or anything or yep, we're gonna have it on three three from six to nine at a have well, Ilkcraft Brewing in Railroad, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's gonna be really nice. Yeah, and they just opened, I think, in January. Yeah. So it's it's a really nice spot. It's always packed and we love playing there. And it sounds great. Like they got a lot of natural wood, so like the resonance of the room is just awesome. So stay tuned for that. What uh, I I guess do you have tickets for that? Nope. No, just nope. free. Yeah, it's a brewery. Come on out. Oh, dude. Go out to the free event. That's not every day that happens. Yeah, we're just you know, we'll we'll be playing all the songs. We'll have like all CDs and stuff like there. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna try to make a thing of it, but uh, yeah, just come on out. It's gonna be a good time. And uh, speaking of that, we have another one. Road for the tr Troubadours. Road for Troubadours. Yep. Tell me about that one. So that one was one. So I've only ever been in Nashville one time in my life. Uh, Ken's and I took a vacation there last year, and uh, it just happened to be during CMA Fest. So it happened to be during one of the busiest weeks there is in Nashville, but. Oh. That was a cool opportunity because I actually got a, I got a spot at the Bluebird Cafe, so I got a chance to play that. Which, and then Drew for Troubadours was actually the song that I played for him, but that was a song that I had written while we were down there, just kind of, you know, something about the air. I just kind of had a little bit of inspiration, and I started writing that, and I, I played it for a buddy, and he really liked it, and Ken's really liked it, and we were like, let's let's go for it. But that song's about just, I'm. I guess it's more for the people, I guess, that you have on the podcast, just, you know, songwriters and people that are just going out and grinding and playing shows and just trying to be heard. But it's, you know, Hard. yeah, it's a tough road. And then half the time the people aren't there to see you. They're there for, you know, hanging out with friends. If you're playing like bars or something, they're there to go to the bar and you, you got to make them pay attention to you somehow. And Yeah. You're just background music sometimes. Yeah. You're just doing your best to try to get noticed in a world like that. So that's what the song's about. I 
Feeling my way through this plain and unfamiliar place And seeing pictures of this land through dusty windshield frames The fumes from the mill stacks make the sky wave like the tide The air that fills my lungs ain't clean but it's alive Lord knows I ain't the first this road's been worn in good before. And I might find Spokane line by early Sunday morn. Tuck away in corner stage and tell my stories to a crowd that ain't there for me, but I don't have much to lose. They don't know the aching bones or miles that got me here. Faceless, nameless stranger picking heartache in their ear. Laughing cars and empty bars and broken hardwood floors. It's never been straight and easy road for troubadours. I've journeyed through the valleys and the mountains far along. The words I couldn't say out loud I put into these songs and I've had my share of vices More than I care to count But I've been trying to walk the line Lay my addictions down Building from my soul To see of wandering eyes And praying they might spare some change To last me through the night I miss my Susquehanna and my mountain laurel home But my northern star's a corner bar in the next town alone They don't know the aching bones or miles that got me here a Faceless, nameless stranger picking heartache in their ear Laughing cars and empty bars and broken hardwood floors it's never been straight and easy road for troubadours. Maybe I might never see the end of my lifetime. As long as there's a harmony and harmony outside, I'll pick and play till my lungs give way. We've all but paid our dues. With guitar strings and scraping chains and souls worn off our boots. They don't know the aching bones or miles that got me here. A faceless, nameless stranger picking heartache in their ear. Laughing cars and empty bars and broken hardwood floors. Never been straight and easy road for troubadours. That shameless, thankless heart out singing in a row. Roll troubadours. And that was Road for Troubadours by Jake Mace. We have one more of your uh, one more of your songs from that album, 95. Tell me about it. Uh, that's definitely my favorite song on the album, and it's probably the most personal song I ever wrote. Mm -hmm. So, Ken's and I, 
we uh we started long distance. So the first year we were together, I was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, and she was living up here in Glen Rock. And uh, we would just take turns between you know, her driving down to see me and me driving up to see her. And I worked the weekend overnight shift at the Naval Hospital. So it was like if she drove down to see me, I'd be working all night and I'd be like asleep half the time when I was home. And it, we were just kind of like, I tried to stay up because, you know, we wanted to make what we could of the time we had together. And then um, sometimes I would drive up here to see her. And because I worked the overnight, like I would go in at Sunday night at uh, 7 p.m. And I'd work the 12 hour shift until 7 a.m. Monday morning and then make the six hour drive ballpark from there to here, like immediately. It was like it's a lot. Yeah. And it was rough because, you know, if you ever done long distance, like that's just rough. Like, especially like the long times, like sometimes it just doesn't work out timing wise, like stuff's going on and you can't see each other for like over a month. And it's, just, it's tough. And so for 95, we, uh, I just kind of started thinking about things that we'd said to each other or things that, you know, I thought and I wanted to say and just kind of took everything for how things were. And I just tried to write a song about it. And, you know, this is like the most honest song I've ever written. Like everything in this song is true and it's from the heart. And like half the time I'm singing it and I'm just like still getting a little choked up and I've got to look over at her like through this one. But no, this is this is definitely my favorite song on the album. This is 95 by Jake Hold me closer in the driveway Squeeze me till your knuckles match the sky The sun ain't been around all damn day And it's pound Disappear alone again near your side. Thought by now I'd had a little saved up. Oh, that seven acre will raise a family on. This job's been keeping me away. Wish they'd call off the beginning. I'll be on my way come Monday morning. Don't. Oh, amen. Every single word I said These nights we spend alone are just for now I plan to make good on my promises This time next year I swear I'll be around So tonight just be with me You and I can dream About where we'll be ten years down the line Wrap me and rock me till I see you again. Miles of 95. Won't be long until I fill the tank up. Pack a weekend's worth of clothes and hit the road. Ain't my headlights north, drive my foot down through the boards. But your porch light be a lighthouse calling home. Oh, I've meant every single word I said. These nights we spend alone are just for now. I plan to make good 
on my promises this time next year i swear i'll be around so tonight just be with me and you and i can dream about where we'll be 10 years down the line wrap me and rock me till i see you again miles of 95 Winners may get rough the way they're going, but I'll keep the woods don't burn that time of year. When your hair is turning gray, mine's all gone away. I'll hold your hand and whisper in your ear. Oh, I've met every single word I said. Those nights we spent alone sure paid out. I hope I've made good on my promises. I take you today without a second thought. So tonight just be with me, and you and I can dream about where we'll be ten years down the line. And remember when you rocked me. Till I see you again, miles of 95. And remember when you rocked me, till I see you again, miles of 95. Oh, my father. And that was 95 by Jake Mage. Jake, what's next for you after this EP coming out? What's next after that, do you think? Uh, we're just going to play as many shows as we can. And uh, I got a couple songs, you know, kind of in, in the waiting in the wings that I didn't think were going to fit on this project as as like a a whole project. I, get, I don't know. Right, Does that make right. sense? I think an album should kind of be like a whole project in and of itself and the other songs that I kind of have, I didn't feel like fit that mold and I'd rather release those as singles or, you know, come maybe do a different project down the line. But yeah, I'm always writing new music, so I'm always looking to put stuff out. And this is uh, this part is your first non solo act, solo uh, project. Yeah. So, so what do you want to do? You want to expand? You want to become a full band or I'd like to. Um, you know, I just feel like with my, me being a full time student, then I got another job on the side and doing this full time. It's just like my schedule is swamped and, you know, trying to line that up with a bunch of other people. I feel like, you know, you're kind of trying to like fit a needle or a, what is it? Camel through the eye of a needle. Right, right, right. Like, oh God, let's just pick this date. I'm good on this date, but not this time. That's awesome, man. And you got, you got, uh, what is 96 shows this year so far? Uh, 97 as of 97? like, as of like an hour ago, 97. That's incredible, man. What, a, what is one of the biggest shows this year that you're excited for? Oh, well, I just I was looking double barrel was like the one that I was like, I really, really want to play double barrel. I really, really want to do it. Let's get this chance. So uh, I mostly just play uh, breweries and uh, breweries, bars, wineries and stuff like that right now. But uh, I always love playing it. I got to give shout out to Boyer Sellers. I always love playing the Boyer Sellers. The owners are awesome people. And uh, 
always make me feel welcome and the crowd's always great. So as a as your time in, in the Navy, we all we all know that some shenanigans go on in the in the military. What are some some great shenanigans you guys have gotten up to in in the Navy? Oh man. I ain't got much time to think about this. Huh? I'm gonna have to plead the fifth on this one. I can't really think. Nothing really comes to mind that I think I can say on camera. That's kind of fair. <laughs> All right, so, what's one of the best pieces of advice? Or, or here's a question: How do you think the military has helped you with your uh, music writing, at all, if at all? Uh, well, definitely. When I was on the ship, it definitely gave me a lot of time to kind of, you know, really think things through and just sit there and pick around with a guitar. And I got a chance to listen to like a bunch of new music and. I got really into Americana when I was on the ship, so I got to listen to a bunch of cool people, and I feel like that expanded the type of music that I drew upon when I go to write songs. So, like a lot of times when I'll be listening to a certain type of music, and I'll just hear like a word somebody uses, and I'm like, I like that word. I need to use that word somewhere. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I need to use that. Or like, you know, they got like a good vibe going in a song, and I'm like, I like that vibe. You know, maybe I could try to do something that has this sort of vibe to it. You know, a different song, but like, you know, like all they got like a light, light brush drums and they got that and like a real, like just minuscule acoustic guitar, yada, yada. And I think maybe I could try something like that and then I'll write something like that. And then I'll think about how I want to produce it. And it'll be like, no, I want to produce that differently. But I just feel like being in the military gave me a lot of time to explore musically, you know, what I could do and where I wanted to go. And it gave me a chance to kind of check out different styles of writing, I guess. So with that, with that, then uh, what do you think are your top two, top three, like influencers uh, on your music writing? So I'm going to say right now, Cody Johnson, Eric Kirch and uh, Ray Fulcher. And if you don't know Ray Fulcher, he's the, uh, if you like Luke Combs, pretty much pick any of Luke Combs, number one singles and Ray Fulcher was writing on it. Really? Yeah. Now, Ray's doing his solo stuff now. And like me and Ken are just, he's actually the reason me and Ken started talking because she suggested him to me. I put a Facebook thing out and I was like, you know, let me know some of your favorite songwriters. And she commented and said Ray Fulcher. And I checked him out. And then that's how we started talking. But no, we can't wait for that man to take off. Like it's going to happen. We're just like, all right, all right, come on. Let's get that one song where radio finally sends him up. So what's one of the uh, most memorable lessons you've learned for uh, your music? Uh, just, life I guess just be, you know, everybody's got their kind of input. Like, oh, if you want to, if you want people to pay attention, you got to do this, or, you know, you got to, you got to do this, or you got to sing about this, or this is how you have to act. And I just feel kind of comfortable with who I am. And I'm not trying to put on a show or nothing, or I'm trying to put on a show, but I'm not right. trying to put on an act for you. Like, right. You know, I feel like when I'm on stage, you're seeing me and like, I'm not going to go up there and shake my hips or nothing like that. I'm just going to go up there like, I'm just a normal dude. I just want to, you know, write songs. And I want to sing songs, and these are my stories. And so right now, you just acoustic, acoustic solo act. Yep, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's going good. <laughs> but uh, is it just with cover songs, or do you have uh, your a full original set? I don't do full originals. I usually do. So if I do like a three-hour set, I'll usually do like two originals an hour. Because a lot of times, you know, I am background music. I want to play you songs that you know, and then. I kind of look at it like once you start paying attention because you like how I'm doing those songs, like now that I have your attention, mm -hmm. here's some of my stuff. And I'll just throw that in there. And then it usually goes well. I usually get, you know, a few followers here and there after every show or 
my Spotify streams have finally been going up, and it's cool. Awesome, man. Would you ever want to go on tour? Oh, yeah. Where would you want to go on tour? Uh, definitely want to stop in, like, Virginia Beach because uh, I was stationed there for so long. I know so many people there. I'd love to just work my way down the East Coast, maybe stop by, like, Nashville Pigeon Forge area. Nice area. Man. Yeah. I feel like just kind of the whole Southeast region be a nice, nice spot to do. The nice circuit to, there as well. Yeah. You can definitely get in, in, in on that. And especially if you're really good at networking, you can definitely make a lot of money doing that. <laughs> I'd say Texas, but I don't think I'm a good enough guitar player to go to Texas. Really? Oh, you got to know what you're doing, man. Do you? Oh, yeah. Te- Texas is like the spot. Every, I feel like everybody who plays guitar in Texas plays guitar insanely good. Really? Yeah, you couldn't walk into a guitar. Like I was in San Antonio, and you couldn't walk into the guitar center and not have like a couple dudes just shredding there's me who knows like a couple licks and stuff from songs I like, and I'm in there just kind of diddling around like, I'm leaving, man. <laughs> Dude's over here just shredding. Everything's bigger in Texas. Apparently, guitarists are better. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, out of all the shows you've done so far, what's one of the the funniest or worst things that ever happened to you yet? What did you say? Oh yeah, Good Day PA. So I was on Good Day PA two times. And what they'll do is they'll do the live show. They'll have you do your interview and they'll have you play. But then if, if you have another song and they have the free time at the very end, after the show's over, they'll bring you back into the studio and they'll pre-record you doing another one of your songs. And then they could do, you know, just air that at a later date. If they mm-hmm. need some filler. But uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> but so I did my song Golden Days on Good Day PA. And then they were like, we won't. Well, we'll come back after and we'll do Dust on the Road, which is a song I wrote about Glen Rock. And um, so we put the mic stand back out there. I didn't check anything because I didn't think anything was like adjusted. Excuse me. But um, I get to playing the song and I start noticing about to the first chorus that the mic stand isn't locked fully and it's just slowly. <laughs> so by like the second chorus, I'm like, you know, I'm squatting real low. Like, I'm kind of like leaning back. I'm not break. Like, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm getting through this. So maybe, maybe they're going to notice and they'll just keep the camera on my top half, which looking back now wouldn't have made a difference because I was like, I look like I was limboing. But like toward the end of the song, I'm like looking around like, is anybody going to stop me? Like, are you guys <laughs> going to say like cut and I can like restart or something and nobody's doing nothing. And then before I know it, I feel like, I was just as low as I think I've ever gotten. My legs are burning just from bending and trying to like keep my composure. And at the very end, they were like, you want to redo it? Why didn't you stop me? (laughs) Nobody said nothing. And they were like, we just thought you were really into it, man. Like the mic is, uh, well, at the very end, I stood straight up and the mic was at like between like my belly button and chest. You got your workout in for today. Yeah, I did. And I was like, can you please send me that? Yeah, so like, I posted the original one, but then I was like, a couple months later, I was like, all right, I need you guys to see this because this was hilarious. Yeah, that's that's great. That's awesome. What a what a funny kudos to your dedication for that. I was like, you know, we're not that we were on live TV, but I was like, this might be the one that airs, so I can't break my composure. I'm just gonna keep playing. <laughs> and it's like a you might not get a second chance to restart it. Yeah, because nobody said nothing. Nobody acknowledged it. I was like, uh, I guess this is my one shot, so I'm just gonna keep going. They're like, you want to do it again? I'm like, yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Give me, give me a water a bottle of water, and we'll get back on it. Oh, my legs were burning. <laughs> so, you've done all this 
cool stuff. Uh, we talked a little bit about the future. What what kind of styles do you want to break into or what kind of techniques do you want to add to your music? So I really like getting kind of this like more 80s, 90s feel and uh, kind of like more bluegrassy. Mm-hmm. I think next I kind of want to try to do more of, I want to keep like the fiddle and the steel, but I kind of want to do more, if I could, like a big band style of it. Like kind of like Cody Johnson sounding, where it's like it's fiddles, but it's like heavier drums and a little more heavier guitars. I've always wanted uh, a country song with a full orchestra. That'd be pretty cool. I know, because <laughs> every 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 other genre that does it is incredible. You, you, it's it's just incredible. Yeah, you think about September from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, it's got a whole brass section. Yeah, duh, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's cool because Luke Combs puts some of that in some of his songs. He'll throw some like horns in there. He'll throw some like extra strings in there. It's like, yeah, but, he got like that honky tonk with a little little horn section in it. Like okay, yeah. <laughs> Cody Tyler just, uh, is putting out an album with that as well, uh, with horns and stuff in it. And it's just like, duh, why wouldn't you? Oh yeah, put a whole orchestra in a country song. Make it big. Make it big. Go big. Go big or go home. It's country. Country's big. You should do it. Go for that big sound. You got a big voice. You need a big band absolutely man so where can people find you so i'm on facebook at jake mace singer songwriter and instagram at jake mace music and then i'm on all streaming platforms so like spotify pandora apple music maybe people still got like deezer or something i'm on there i promise so uh what are some of the few shows you have coming up you got your march 3rd uh album release party at where again it's at uh alecraft brewery and railroad and then what else you got coming up so Thursday, I'm going to be at Highland Taps and Tables in Hanover. Friday, I'll be at Fetish just down the road here in Lidditz yeah. at a, like, like Rock Lidditz Complex. And Saturday, I'll be at Hungry Run Distillery. Like That's in Lewistown. Time. That's so funny. Every time you're like, wait, <laughs> line. <laughs> no, literally. So this has been a Jake Mosh on the Story Podcast. My name is Corey Rosen. Uh, what have I got going on this week? Uh, this Saturday, we got two, well, we got three guests coming on this Saturday. We have uh, a guy named Grimlock. He is a local rapper from the area. He's going to bring on his brother. They're uh, art activists with their, their music. They do really good causes around the area. Then later on that day, we have Angel Dway, who is an Afro pop uh, singer-songwriter, dancer. Uh, he's an incredible guy. I worked on a movie with him, actually, so, was, so we get to talk about Very that cool. as well. Yeah. So with all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. We will see you guys later, and good night, everybody.